The topic uh, tonight is how to distribute distribute your Meister money. Um, and I, I came, I made that title before I actually prepared the shear. And often when that happens, the shear goes in interesting directions. This is not an exception. So <clears throat> it turns out is that what we're going to discuss, we're going to discuss how to distribute your Meister money, but we're going to begin with the question of is the primary recipient of your Meister money yourself? That's an interesting twist to this, uh, to this discussion. Uh, meaning to say, when a person can't really afford to give Meister, um, w w so when you don't give Meister, what is the understanding of that? And it turns out it's, it's not so simple. It's not, it's not the it's not that you're putter from giving Meiser, it's that you become a recipient of your own Meiser, and that has a lot of interesting ramifications, that that's the way we look at it. So let's, uh, now, moving on from that, then you have the additional questions, whereas when you are not going to be the only sole recipient of your own Meiser, and we're going to talk about, we'll see the Arach and others try to figure out when What's the guidelines for that? Like, when do you know that you're making enough money that you do have to give Meister? Like, when, how do you figure that out? And then, moving on from that, then you have all the other levels of people that you're supposed to be giving Meister to. There's family, there's um, neighbors, there's um, organizations within your community and outside your community, there's Shalucham from Yisrael, and all the different kind of people that make demands on our, on our money that, would like, that we would like to support. And being that there is halachis of who goes first, the question, the next question we're going to um, address is: Are those halachas of going first exclusive? Meaning to say that if someone goes first, he gets all he or she gets all your meister money, um, and unless you can fill their need, which is unlikely, but unless you can fill their need with your meister money, you don't go on to the next step. You don't save any money for, for anybody else, or is that not the halacha? And if it's not the halacha, then how much money do you save? How do you figure out how to uh, proportion your money? So I uh, see how much we can get to, but this is, this is the sugya that, uh, that we'll be discussing. So it starts with a tana de yo. So tana de yo is the status of a, that's brysis or medrish. Uh, this one is quoted basically in Shulchan Aruch. So this is what the Tanah Belyo says. Bizman, it, it, what happens to be, this is just a side point, but the way this Tanah Belyo starts happens to be fascinating. Bizman adam es ves When a person uh, is, respects his parents when they're young, certainly if he respects his parents, meaning to say he's mechabed them, he takes care of them, he provides for them when they're old, this is what the Pasik says about him in Yeshaya Navi. You will shear with a hungry person your bread. And desperate poor people will come to your house. When you see someone unclothed, you'll bring, give him clothing. And you won't abandon your own flesh and blood, your, your craving. If a person has enough food in his house, and he wants to be able to do tzedakah, in order that he should be able to give to others from his own, how should he do it? First, he should use it to provide for his mother and his father. Now, before we go further, I just, the, the way it starts is just fascinating. 
In other words, it's an, I never noticed, saw this before, but this seems to be a side benefit, a side schus, of properly taking care of your parents, both when they're young, that's kibbut aveim, and both when they're older, when they rely on you to take care of them, the schus will be that you'll have enough money to be able to give tzedakah, enough money to be able to do malbash arumim, enough money to do all the different chasadim that a person could do with money. It's, uh, I, I've never seen that particular... Uh, Connection before. In any so case, what? So you will see. We'll see. Actually, you could be mechabed from uh, from tzedakah money, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if we get to that. There's there is some talk about that. The Aruch Shulchan will discuss that. But in any case, so if you have money, first the first people who are the recipients are your parents. And if you have left over, you farness as achiv vachiyosev, then give it to your brothers and sister. And if there's more money left over, you farness b'mishpachta, then you can give money to your family members. And if there's more, you farness b'nei shchunase, then give to your neighbors. And if there's more, you farness b'nei mavoi shaloi, you can. You can give to the people in your greater neighborhood. Uh, like the original, it would be like to your immediate neighbors, and then this would be like to your community. And from there on, you'll give tzedakah to anybody in Klai Yisrael. So this uh, is the source that we apply the rule of who goes first to tzedakah as well. Now the, the concept of that there is a order of who goes first is mentioned in the Torah, but that's regarding halva, the mitzvah of lending money, and when it comes to lending money, the Torah says give the, your, the you know, uh, karav goes first, and so on and so forth, but when it comes to tzedakah, the source is this pasuk in Yishayim, you don't uh, abandon your family, and this is the order. Now, what's interesting about this Tanan Belyo, and this is a very key word in this Tanan Belyo, that it says, im hoisir. It says that you give to your father and mother, and if there's left over, you give to your brothers. If he's left over from your brothers, you give to the next one. This, the, the, the seeming mashmoyus of the Lashon of the Son of Yahweh is that each one is exclusive. You give all the money necessary to support your parents, and if there's... And once you're done, once you've taken care of them sufficiently, if there's money left over, then you move on to the next step. You take care of your family. If your family uses up all your money, oh, then you use up all your money. If they didn't use up all your money and you were able to take care of them, then you move on to the next step. So the, the nashmoyas of the Lashon of Tanabel Yo is that each step of who you're obligated to give first exclusively knocks out everybody else. You have to give all your money to them and before you move on to the next, next level. Is this treating Tzedakah specifically different from Maeser Ani? Uh, tzedakah and Maeserani is the same thing. Maeserani, the difference between Maeserani and, uh, my, I mean Maeserani, you mean in the actual Maeser, like the Tukhan Eretz Yisrael, or you mean like what we call Maeser Ksafim? We use the word Maeser. Maeser Ksafim. Maeser Ksafim and, and, and Tzedakah, that for uh, our purposes, uh, are the same when it comes to distribution. There's no difference between them. There's only a difference in, uh, between Maeser Ksafim and Tzedakah in regard to how you take it, how you separate it, the halachas of separating it, there are a couple of differences, but in the in practice, what, who you give it to is the same. That, there's no uh, there's no difference. Okay, so that's the that's the initial mashmois of this tanavel yo. First, the fact, just the interesting fact that it has kibud and gives you this chus, and secondly, that it seems like it's exclu- exclusive. Now, the tour and simon reishon alf the selchus tzedakah, he brings down two things. Uh, each one is in itself very quite interesting. So the first thing is a shailah. It's a shailah from the tshuva 
Reuven something or another. Writes a Reuven last is kids for Gedola near Reuven wants to make a, a setup with the the people, the poor people in his city. He wants to give the money to the people in his city. And he does He wants to give very very little money to other poor people who come Mishulachim who come from other cities. Because he says And since you give to the Aniyim in your city and you don't give anything to the Aniyim out of your city. Reuben is wrong. Why? That just means don't send it, don't send money away to another city. But if people already came to your city, they don't say So the guy in this Rav Yitzchak Bar Baruch um, has a fascinating concept. He wants to say that this Kedima of Anir Yerchakaidman uh, is only that you don't send money out of the city if uh, there's people in the city that need money. But if the other people came and they're both coming to your door, then there's no Kedimus of the Anir over those other people. Now he may be saying as far in Anir Yercha, whereas like you don't call that Yercha because these other people are in your city now, but that the tour is going to disagree. Uh, that, that, he's obviously going to disagree on that because that's that's clearly not the way you define an irich. An irich means take care of the people in your city. Uh can say it might be twelve months, uh, it might be thirty days. It's not clear how long they have to live there until they become members of your city. But that's unlikely what he meant. Pasha is what he meant means is that that um, this this idea of kedima is only applicable when people aren't coming to you. It's applicable only when you are choosing where to send the money. So then Chazal says, send it here, don't send it out of the city. But if people are coming to you, then you don't have that concept of, of, of Kedima. Whoever's coming to you, you give money to. That's, there is a very important point about Tviya when it comes to Tzedakah. When people solicit you, is, there's a chiyuv to give, and if and if you don't give, you actually over mavatla mitzvah say analyze say You could give very little. You could give uh, twenty five cents, but the soliciting makes a big difference in halacha. We've spoken in the past is uh, mail solicitations, email solicitations, uh, WhatsApp, everything. Now all, all those solicitations do those count as a solicitation? And if they do. That would be serious business because we would have to answer each one. The Gemara says nasantitin afilam meyapamim. That's what I was trying to say. It means the Ani can keep on coming back and forth like a nudnik, keep on knocking on your door, and you have to give them each time. You don't have to give more than 25 cents. It's <laughs> a good way of reason to not get involved in internet. And yeah, right? It's another, it's another, another uh, yeah, they're going to tell you with our carrot. That's, that's what's uh, that's <laughs> holy about the internet, right? Is, is, is uh, the show up? Does that count? What? Does the show up count? It does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. The only, the, what'd you say? Yeah. I'm sure there's 10 people that come to you. You have to. Essentially, essentially. So there is the island. You want to know the island Saimachan that we don't do all that. There's things that we're Saimachan, so I spoke about this. We're Saimachan that perhaps you don't know that it's authentic, that's not guaranteed. So until you find out, you're not obligated to give them, and whatever. There's different kinds of heterim luch. But it's important to realize that. I'm not getting into that, so it gets another, maybe another share. But here, I just want to say, that soliciting makes a big difference. So that's, it would seem that that's what he's trying to say, that if they solicit, then this doesn't apply. But, the tour disagrees, and we pass him like this tour. No, even if the person comes and solicits, you still give to that near ear first. And that's one thing. Next thing. Chayiv adam Adam. 
Now here's, this is the, the strangest thing, the first time I saw this, and it's just so, so surprising. A person is obligated to be makdim his own parnasa before anybody else. And he's not obligated to give tzedakah until he has his own parnasa. Your brother lives with you. Your life comes before your brother's life. The Isha said to Eliyahu, I first have to provide for myself and for my children. So he's medayik li. I have to provide for myself, and my kids could starve. And then, if there's enough, then I can provide for my children. And Eliyahu agreed with her. You'll make you'll create enough for yourself, and then enough for your children as well later. After you take care of yourself, then you can't. First, you have to take care of your parents before your own children. And then your children. If uh, they have to be pidyon shvuim, you have to have. You have to be paid to your father. That's a tough one. After your children is your brother. Then your relatives. Your neighbors. So the tour, when he's describing this, when he's describing the order of who goes first, numero uno is yourself. Is yourself, right? And he he says chayecha kaidmin. Not that it's a p'tur in tzedakah, but chayach ha'kaitman is a kedima in tzedakah. That's the biggest kedima in tzedakah, is you go before everybody else. So the reason why when you don't have enough money to give tzedakah is not because you're putter. There's no p'tur from giving tzedakah, from giving maiser just because you don't have money. The p'tur is that you can take it for yourself because you go first. So it's tzedakah, but you take it for yourself. Now that's going to have a number of ramifications. We'll see. But, uh, but uh, one initial ramification is is that we most certainly when a person doesn't have enough money to give tzedakah he goes he exclusively keeps all the money for himself right he doesn't take 50 percent for himself and then 50 percent for the next level of tzedakah right so when it comes to that uh that that first step of kedimus the when a person is going for himself that uh, understandably is a person goes, gives all his money to himself until he has enough money for someone else. So that should shed some light on this discussion that, if so, the next level should be the same way. That when it comes to giving to your family, your family gets all your money until their needs are met uh, before you move on to the next level. That If the first level works that way, then the second should also. So this is just the initial understanding of what we're reading over here. Go ahead. You didn't mention your wife. Uh, he didn't. He didn't mention your wife. Yeah, Good you. point. No, your wife is mentioned by other paiskim. Uh, your wife's family is also mentioned. They're on the bottom of the pecking order. Uh, but they before they're before neighbors, but they they are they are family. They are family. They're there. They're uh, they're they're after after your own family. Uh, the, yeah, uh, other paiskim do mention it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's it's uh, it is surprising that he says that you provide for yourself before you provide for your children. It's just interesting. I guess we don't look at it like that. We look at it like a person's obligation to provide for their children is equivalent to providing for themselves. But okay, what's what interesting to me is like uh, this concept of providing for your children doesn't mean children that are little. It could be children that are 55. It means uh, if your child has a need, 
at 55, they go before someone else, right? So when it's, uh, this is something that actually does come up a lot. Um, when people are supporting children or uh, Adams or whatever, and then they also have to take care of elderly parents. And taking care of elderly parents can easily, uh, unless you have it all worked out, which not everybody does, it can easily drain all your funds, anything extra that you'll have. And um, the halacha that we just learned is that, again, if it's exclusive, then that actually is the way it's supposed, it has to work. They come before your own children. So you're, you would be obligated to give up on whatever support you need to, would want to give and, and pro- provide it for your own, your own parents, again, according to what it says here. How do you define provide? Meaning? What's a need? What's a need? Well, in the example I just gave, um, when it comes to providing for parents, then usually it's very, very straightforward. Like if they need uh, an aid because they can't take care of themselves, so... That's it. Nobody can afford that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It'll, it'll take, unless you're a really, really multimillionaire. So it'll, it'll take every dollar you have. So, so, and that's, that's a need. That's a very, very clear need. Afterwards, we'll see. Other than that, it gets a little complicated. You know, the Aruch HaShulchan will address it. We'll see that in a second. Go ahead. There's a spectrum of what children need. And yes, and yourself. Yourself as well, right? I'm saying you say you go first. What, well, who is, what, are you, what do you need? Right? What do we need? That's, uh, that's going to be the biggest question here. How do we define that? And that'll define every level of this discussion, right? Of when are their needs filled? What's the need? Um, yeah, so... Yeah, 100%. That's always the thing. So that, that's true regarding every step of this. Meaning to say, when something is a community need, so the members of the community are responsible, but no single member is responsible for the whole thing. They're responsible to do it communally, right? So that's figured out some kind of a... Uh, according to halacha, it's actually like income tax. It's, it goes according to your... Um, according to how much money you make. Even taking care of parents is an income tax, meaning if one brother is more well-to-do than another brother, he's obligated to pay more than another brother. It's fascinating. It's the only place you see in halacha like that. There's nowhere else you see that. What? No, but it would be he would it would be it would be percentage wise, uh, you know, depend of their whole pot. Each how much ever each one makes, they would divide it up in that percentage. It's a it's a fascinating. There is no other source. Every other obligation in the Torah is everybody's equal. Everybody gives the exact same amount. Uh, whatever your obligation is, well, you could you can volunteer to give more, but this is actually obligato- obligatory. Bezin can force you to give according to how much money you make. It's yeah. funny. It's, it's unusual. Okay. I, I thought it was interesting that everything is just relative to your relationship, how close they are to you, but nothing... We don't see priorities based on um, Talmud Torah or, or Chinuch or like other... Yeah, none of those. None of those play a role in this, these levels of Kedimus. We're going to see a little later... Um, that we're not going to see much about it because that's again that's that's almost enough of a topic to be its own share. How the chiyuv to support Talmud Torah plays into all of this because it doesn't. This is tzedakah. Tzedakah is for aniyim. Talmud Torah is really a different thing. But uh, it, it, it'll be mentioned. We'll see a little bit about it. Um, so let's move on. Let's see what Shulchan Aruch says, and then we'll get to the Aruch Shulchan, which is a very a very interesting way of presenting this. 
So Shulchan Aruch says, basically, you just summarize what you saw in the tour. This is actually Lashon Harambam that he's quoting here, I believe. If you give to your children who are old, or they're older children, they're, they're grown up already, and you're not obligated to support them, but still you give anyway. In order to enable them to learn Taira, and to your, to your daughters should grow up properly, and they should uh, be... Good Yaakov girls. Or if you're giving to your father, and they need it, all this is included in tzedakah. They have to go before others. Not even if it's not a father or a son, but just a relative. He has to go before everybody else. And a brother from a fa- through the father is it's before a brother through the mother. And anim that are around your house or in your house, they come before anim that are uh, in your city. Would mean like someone you employ, someone you employ. If they're poor, that comes before someone in your city. Only the people who live in the ear and they come before other poor people. Who come to hear from other places, and that's the tour. Not like this Rebar Baruch. Now over here in Silver Spring, maybe. Uh, I haven't made it onto the list, but it's, you can tell me. I don't think we get an awful lot of mishalachim here knocking on your door, right? When what? We used to get more before COVID. Oh, is that it? Okay. Anyway, even before what? Even before COVID, it was it was just a few, well, a handful maybe. Not like uh, unfriendly welcomes during COVID. Not <laughs> <laughs> no, but even before, we're in that many. It's not. It's not. It's not bar park. We're in a lot. Now bar park. It's not Lakewood. It's not even uh, Los Angeles. No, we so, so uh in in lakewood in lakewood if you um give to a mishulach five dollars i mean maybe now it went up but in, when i lived there to pre to pre-2008 if you gave five dollars to a mishulach then you were a fiber guy if you're a fiber guy then you merited a stop on the the guy who drove around if you gave a dollar, then you didn't. But if you gave five dollars, then you married it. Once you became, you gave five dollars, then you got a very regular. So depending, I mean, you didn't get the same like a guy who gave a hundred dollars, but you get at least five, six, seven a week. Now you do the math, that adds up. That adds up to quite a bit. Now the people that are giving eighteen dollars, because these people are big virim, I mean, literally big virim, right? And and they're giving eighteen dollars a person, so they're getting uh, the equivalent of fifty to sixty mishulachim a week times 18, uh, you know, they're, they're wealthy, but it's a very substantial amount of money. It's heavy thousands, do- thousands of dollars. In Los Angeles, the guys who, who felt obligated to give $100 because they were millionaires, still, when you did the math, they were paying, uh, you know, $6,000 a week, $24,000 a month, $300,000 on the people that they didn't want to give to. You understand? Know As the people that they were giving because they came to the door. Besides that, they had to give huge donations to their, the maestas in, in town, the kailal, the school, the shul. They had to give the maestas that they sent their yeshivas out of town to. So uh, the, this, uh, this concept is less relevant here, very, very relevant uh, in other communities. Okay, let's move on. Uh, once, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know, lately I haven't gotten a lot of these mailings anymore, but when I lived in Los Angeles, I used to get a lot of them. Um, and and I, I collected them. 
they stacked up by the end of the year. You know, you if you made a cheshbon, also I wouldn't send a dollar. I wouldn't though. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't send it. If so I would send already, I would send like five dollars. It was it was a substantial amount. Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't uh, didn't have a job at that point. Well, so you, if you got somebody mail, you wouldn't throw it out. Well, at the, at the time, I had this guilty conscience. So uh, <laughs> so maybe that's why I haven't gotten them since. You know, <laughs> I, I've gotten patent past my guilty conscience. Anyway. Mailings? Um, do we have to give mailings? It's a good question. I, I, I didn't. I had not at the point. Well? I was at the last year. No, no, you don't really have to. You don't have to. You certainly don't have to give an email blast. For sure you don't have to do that. Is it Tali on their das? Well? It's Tali on their das or their das doesn't matter? It's the nature of it. If we call it a tree or not. Okay. But anyway. Even if they build into the, the business model of these mailings that they know that they're going to have a 20%, 15%, they're... So the nature of the tviya is that with every given one, unless it's dafka targeting a particular person, that tviya itself is not really such a tviya because oh. they know. Like, okay, maybe that's not. a different kind of argument. I, I don't think it's even called. A, I don't think it's. I don't think it's called a tviya. But like I said, those are just the mailings. The guys who knock on your door, those that's the tviya, the holidays. I'd like to talk about. Okay. Uh, and if a mashal comes from, you have three guys knocking on your door. One guy is from Eretz The other guy came from Argentina. Uh, you give to the guy in Eretz before you give to the guy in, in Argentina. Hagal, and here the Ramah quotes this Rav Sajigayin. Parnasas atma yikedemus l'chaladam. Your own parnasa comes before any other person. And you can't, you're not obligated to get to Dhaka until you have enough money for yourself. Then you provide for your mother and father if they're poor. And that comes before providing for your children. It's for your brothers. Other relatives are craving for your neighbors, your community, a different city. And the same applies for Pidin Shvuyim. Now, these halachas are, this is where it gets interesting also, it's not just uh, like we're telling you a good way to figure out how to distribute your money. This is fully obligatory, and back in the day when they forced you to give tzedakah, they forced you to do this. And this is also going to be part of the discussion, which is um, where, let's say you have, uh, we're, we're not going to see this in these Marmukimas, but I saw other swarm earlier swarm talking about this. You ha- a person had a Lailenu, a, uh, a brother that passed away, right? And he left over a daughter that's a Yasaima, and she has to get married, okay? And she, they don't have a dollar, the mamish don't have a pruta. So you have to pay for the chasana, okay? So the chasana, let's say, minimum cost with everything, a mital, mital is, let's say, $20,000. You know, what, you can't get away without paying $20,000, let's say, right? So now the brother says, I'll give, you know, $5,000, and then let her go to Tavares uh, Dwarah and then her let her go to this and that, and then and get the rest of the money like every other cow. And Tavares Dwarah says, no, 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 you're the brother, you have $20,000 of tzedakah to give, you do have that much money, give all your tzedakah money to her, we're not going to give her until you give. Are they, are they justified in saying that, as if they are aware that there's a relative who has the capability, even it'll use up every dime of tzedakah money that he has. It'll use up every dime he has. He won't be able to give a dime to all the people that he gave every year, and they'll say, last year you gave us, you gave us a nice donation of $1,000, what's going on? So all those, the or whatever that'll happen, the irritation, 
can they say, we are not going to give her a dime, you are the one who has, was obligated to force and we don't actually go and hit people over the head anymore, but that's equivalent to forcing. So the halach is that, that Pasha, you would say yes, right? Again, it's kind of dependent on what we're going to be talking about here. Does that once there is a halacha of a kariv, is it exclusive? And you have to give all your money until that car is met and need is met. So then all the other people involved can say, then our hands are clean. You know, we don't have to get involved. We can take care of it. Or if that's not the halacha, then, they, then you could say, no, I'm not obligated to give all my money to this person. And the swarm they talk about it say that you're not. But we'll see as we go on some more. Where does your own future savings fit into the package? Is it Chayach uh, it you want to know? Does it fill, fit into this Chayach All right, we'll have to see. But... Um, it's not, we're going to see this Archa Shulchan, and we'll, and we'll discuss it. He's not, he doesn't talk about it directly, but he tries to give some kind of a, a guideline to what this means. Okay, let's see the Archa Shulchan. So he's going to try to start off with this first level here. I have a very hard time understanding this, Archa Shulchan says. If you say that these things, this has to be understood simply, which means, these go before this one, these go before these. That Kavana. You don't have to give a dime to the madrega after, though. in other words, you give to your brothers, you give all your money to your brothers, and then you, you don't have to spare any money for your neighborhood. Every rich person, they have many, many poor relatives, right? It's, uh, they, they, they proliferate, and the richer a person gets, the more, more poor relatives he gets, right? <laughs> and and uh, new kinds of relationships develop. The certainly if you're not just you're not an usher, you're just a regular balabayas who doesn't have a lot of tzedakah money. What about What about these those poor guys, those poor losers who don't have any rich uncles or rich uh, rich kraivim Are they meant to die in hunger? How could you possibly? How could the Torah set up a system like that, where you go, your money is reserved for all of your kraivim, which in most certainly is they will deplete your full amount of money. Uh, then the people who unfortunately don't, aren't connected get nothing; they'll, they'll die. He has to give part of it to part of people that are far away as well. You just have to give more to your relatives than to the people who are not your relatives. Likewise, all of them work that way. You give more to the, for the people who are higher on the list, but you do have to save for people that are lower on the list as well. And now he ties that into the halacha that you go first which is very interesting. This that he also says, that you go first. If you say that, means kepshutai. In Cain, and this was, this was very comforting, because I guess things haven't changed much. In Cain, Reuben shal balabate p'turmin tzedakah lagarmi. Then most people will be part from tzedakah. Levash lishas a shekel b'shana. You just have to give a third of a shekel a year, right? What's a shekel? Three dollars? You have to give a dollar a year. V'yaduah. The Rav Yisrael, halavai she asked him parnasa parnasasim The majority of Klal Yisrael would be nice if their parnasa would cover their expenses. Everybody will be part of giving tzedakah. Zulas ashirim gedalim, except for the tremendous uh, wealthy people. And in the, those cities that don't have big gvirim, a couple come to mind. Yigvu haniim Right, all the poor people will die of hunger. 
How could you possibly say that a gamma minigana cane? Nobody does that. We don't say that, okay, listen, you know, between tuition and between my expenses, uh, you know, I have to be making maybe at $500,000 a year, maybe <laughs> there's some room to pay tzedakah, right? You can cheshbon like that easily. It's not even a hard cheshbon. If you pay full tuition and you have six, seven kids, uh, that, that's about it. So, but the minig's not like that. Obviously, someone who's making $500,000 or $500,000 a year is expected to give a nice amount of money to tzedakah. Therefore, I think it's pashat. This is what the Goyen said, or Saji Goyen said, that you come first. Okay, so parnasasikadamas means that you earn enough money to pray for a loaf of bread from Shalom's. And uh, and and a case of water from Casco. Uh, That's why he brings the raya from the Ishes Zerfatis. Right? She was dying from hunger. There was a three-year hunger going on. And if you have some bread and water left over, you have enough bread and water for yourself, and you have some leftover bread, there's a half a loaf left over for someone else, then I'll be a and share it with your parents, then your children. But a person who makes a decent parnasa, or you would call a mid-level income, he has enough money to buy bread and meat and, and other dishes. He's able to buy a decent suit or a couple of suits. He's chayiv not only to give a meiser, even a chaymish from his income. Now, a large part of that tzedakah, you would give to your kreivim or to your anirai, and a little bit save over for the par. People and people from other cities. Then he's going to prove it. But uh, so he seems to be tying this all together, right? And there is there is definitely a a, a uh, that it has to do with each other. Meaning to say that again, we're saying each level is not an exclusive level. You don't keep all the money for yourself, even though You don't keep all the money for your father, even though he comes first. You save each level. You keep you you, you 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 do the majority for them, but you leave over for the next the next as well. And what he seems to be saying is that miser, a tenth of your income is called, you're keeping the majority for yourself. Now, as you're keeping the majority of your money for yourself, and you're just giving it ten. Now, really, we shouldn't look at it that way. We should look at it as like this. 90% of your income is 90% of your income. 10% is my, sir. Of the 10%, you should keep the majority for yourself and give the rest. Now, we're going to see later that a lot of people say it's 50%. That's how you go from level to level. So that means of your meister money, you should keep 50% for yourself. And then 50%, you, uh, so you end up giving a, um, uh, a 5% litzedaka. So that's, that seems to be the way he's suggesting, that as long as you're not this kind of guy that's destitute, you're not a guy that Pashat just has enough money to survive, literally survive. That's the well, That's what he is saying. That's what this, excuse me, Narcha Shukla's understanding of this sort of Saji guy. Right, his understanding is the second. His understanding is is that you, you it has the same a process as the other processes, and you keep fifty percent for yourself. You give yourself kedima, but the fifty percent you have to leave for the for the other name as well. What if you have stock, you have a dividend, you could reinvest it, or you could you know use that money. To so you want to know? Or do you? This that's a different question, really. Your question is is when you have tzedakah money, are you obligated to distribute it immediately? 
or can you wait? Right? That's your question? Yeah, so that's that discussed over here. That, discu- that question really depends on if people are being you. If no one is being you, so then you can, then you can uh, hold on to it and re- reinvest it and give more later. If you are being nitva, which is very hard to avoid someone soliciting, is here it's going to be the Torah school, it'll be the yeshiva, some, someone's going to solicit you, then you aren't allowed to hold on to it. You do have to give to them. You know, as well, whatever, whatever would be reasonable. So, even holding on to your first fifty percent for yourself—that's only if the ninety percent is not covering your needs. Or you can hold on to fifty percent for and use it to invest in. Uh, well, in some the, now, I'll, like you let me address your question that you asked. In other words, you're, you're asking me for about uh, your future, right? Putting away money for the future. So if we were to look at what he's saying over here, maybe we would then come up with two kind of uh, guidelines. There's, there's the maim lachatz lechem tsar kind of thing, right, where the guy just has exactly enough to push and survive, otherwise he's, uh, you know, he, 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 won't, he won't have enough money to live. So that guy obviously keeps all the money for himself. That is, that is, that, that's push it. Uh, once you're out of that, so then you means you have enough money, and technically what would happen is, is that if you would give more tzedakah, you would just scrimp from somewhere else, like what... Essentially, what always happens, I mean, I don't know, I've seen this by myself a lot, where you, you give tzedakah one year, let's say, and then you're fine. And you don't give tzedakah another year, it doesn't make any difference. You just end up paying that five, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, whatever it is, for some other incidental expense that you didn't have the previous year that all of a sudden came up, right? Your, your AC broke down, your boiler broke down, your sewage, something, right? The, the money disappears, it's not... So you, it means that in our lifestyle, we feel that we have to spend what we're spending, but obviously when the need happens, we scrimp, we push, we squeeze, we f- figure out a way to make it work. So what he's, that's what he's, I think that's what he's trying to say, that that's a different level. That's not, that's not the level of the guy that pushed it as Chayach HaKaitman. You don't call that Chayach HaKaitman because you could figure out a way to make it work. So well, therefore, it's still, you do have, an, you have a Kedimus, nonetheless. You have a Kedimus. And since you have a Kedimus, you can keep some of it. So the question is that in that level of need, do we, do we consider having money in savings a basic need, right? Same way there's a basic need for a certain level of clothing, a certain level of food, a certain camp, whatever. Those things are considered basic needs. So is saving, yes, one would, should and could argue that, yes, savings should be even higher up on the basic needs because inevitably you're going to come to a situation where you're going to be stuck and you're going to have to have something to fall on. So I know most places can agree that uh, some normal level of savings is, uh, is, is considered a, an expense. Have any uh, contemporary person come up with any sort of Number? guidelines for that? I mean, I know like people... Financial yeah. professionals will throw around things like six months. Like, have any Paiskim pointed to any of that as like if a? You, uh, uh, if you if you look at the next paragraph here, he himself says you can't you can't give a uh, a rule for this. Right, this needs this needs assessment for each person, and every person is different. Go ahead. That could have been the same answer for when you burn out. I guess when you bust out of that five percent, being able to hold on to that when you're at the point where you have to where you can't give anything for yourself of the. 10%. I mean, is again, that going to be also an individual judgment call as to what yes. you It most definitely is an individual judgment call. Yeah, let's see the next paragraph. He says, And we'll, I'll prove it to you this is true. What kind of gvul will you make that you go first? Every person will say, 
everything that I uh, I earn, I need for my parnasa. Everybody knows there's no there's no limit to how much money you can spend. You make more money, you spend more money. It must be like I'm saying. It's talking about a person who pushes has exactly enough money. There you go, his wife. Right, <laughs> mentioned. Uh, what was the tour coming to add? When they bring the guy in, well, I'm not sure what his question is. According to what we're saying, it makes sense. Those are rich people or people who can afford it. Okay, the bottom line here is the last line here is. Uh, this thing needs to be assessed. The properties can move on, and I can't give you an exact cheshbon for each thing. Okay, so I, I'm going to skip the next paragraphs. This really it just proves it again. But this is his, this is the point he wants to make. Now I just want to go to the next thing. This minchas because I thought this was a fascinating point that the minchas makes, and I found it a, a very inspirational thing to do. Meaning that even if you can't afford to give meiser, the minchas says you don't have to but you should separate it. You should separate Meiser, and then you can take it for yourself. Because that's what's going on here. Saying, this Allah is just is your kaidim. It doesn't patter you from giving tzedakah. You have an obligation to give tzedakah. You just have a right to keep it for yourself because you come first. So I, I thought it's, like, it's just a wonderful thing for a lot of reasons because if you're not giving Meiser, it becomes very difficult to move from not giving Meiser to giving Meiser. If you always give Meiser, but then you take for yourself what you need, it's much easier to then start pushing forward and, and you know, less and less as, you, as you're able to actually be able to give away that Meiser. Well, why is this particular stuff different than others? Uh, um, in Mishnayos, where you learn about Leket or Shekha. Right. If, if, even if you're an ani, in general terms, right. if that's your property, you can't take the leket yourself. Ah. Um, because it's your responsibility to give over for that leket to somebody else, then you go into somebody else's field and you take so their leket. So there's a special xeris akasav over there. There's actually a special xeris akasav there. There's an iser to take your own maestrani. There's an iser to take your own leket shakrapeya. Otherwise, I think it would be allowed. I think it would be the same as said. It would be allowed to keep it. But uh, it's a special drush. I don't, I don't think... It's not applicable to, to other, other halachas of tzedakah. That's, I guess, the Kiddush over here. Okay? And uh, this also is relevant like this. Let's say you took off Meiser money. Uh, he says, other guys can say this also, that let's say you took off Meiser money and, and uh, then you realize that you don't really have the money for it. You, don't, you can't afford it. You're allowed to take that. And you don't say, okay, I already put it in my Meiser account. It's already tzedakah money because that's the whole point. Well, Right, right, no, because that's the point. The point is that when you're taking it for yourself, you're taking Meiser money for yourself because you're entitled to take it. Because you're the first on the pecking order, but even though you've already been mafresh, so to speak, for tzedakah. So it's, uh, it's, it's an important, and I, I feel that if we do that, I, I've never done that before, say, uh, personally, um, I, I wasn't aware of this, but I do think that by doing that, it would help us have a lot more perspective. On you know what we can and what we can't afford. But you also see in there that, that you 
is you, and then there's also your wife and your kids. Right. So to take, you're not going to take your wife's money for you. You don't need that. But what your wife needs, that's yes, a yes. whole, that's, you know, it's there a different. You go. That'll you definitely, her, definitely easier, easier to justify, right? You think you really need this. Here's I'm happy to give you some ducker money. money. <laughs> here's the miser money, you know. I hear, I hear, yeah. Act accordingly, honey. It's serious, though, isn't it? I get that, yeah. Because of the ksuba, don't you have, is she like a, like a, you have obligations to her. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. You have obligations to your children too. Uh, Bezin can force you to take care of your children. It's not a choice. Yeah. And a You take it and put it in a side account. I'm sorry? You take it and put it in a separate account. Do I do that? No, that's what he's saying. I mean, you could do That's a way to do it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, essentially, what it really would be is it's the Chavaz Chaim highly advises doing that. Right. When you're talking gross, like the no, you always, Meister money is, again, that's another share, but Meister money is re- always after expenses. Now, expenses don't mean household expenses. Expenses mean the, the expenses involved in making that money. So, uh, business expenses. Very much, Meister works very similar to income tax. Oh, it's almost always the same. There's a few exceptions, but it's almost always the same. Whatever you, whatever you write off as a, an expense in income tax, you don't take Meister on, including taxes. What? Yeah. Like I said, whatever you'd be. I mean, okay, like I said, in, 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 in income tax, it becomes complicated. Private car, the, in, in halakha, it's a little less simple. It's a little less complicated. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's skip ahead because we're ready. We're, we're out of time. Um, you can take a look at this on your own. There's uh, Arches Rabbeinu, the stifler. He, uh, he felt very strongly that it all goes really to your, your own family first. And he says that this, even this concept of 50% and 50% is on a regular basis. But let's say a special need comes up. And this happens often. A brother, your brother-in-law is making a chasana. So thank you. He has a special need, right? He's not a, it's not just a... It's, 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 he, has a, he has an immediate need. At that point, he says, you give all your money to your brother-in-law. On a regular basis, you don't do that. But on, if there's a once in a while a need, then you have to give all your miser money to that. That's what Stipler held. Now, take a look over here just on the second page. And now they're in the red. Yeah. There's no, there's no easy answer to those questions. There's no easy answer to those questions. I don't, I don't know the answer to those questions. But like, I do think that there are certain things that are a little bit more quantifiable. So let's say cost of a chasana, right? So if you, if you go to the Lakewood organizations like Terrestrial Local, etc., they'll tell you this is the minimum, no matter how poor you are, you have to spend this amount of money for a chasana, right? So that much money will very often be more miser money than most of us have. <laughs> and uh, then there will be an argument that you have to give all that towards your, your family member, that, especially if they don't have access to those, those Tzedakah organizations. I just want to show you one line over here in Shulchan Aruch. It's uh, the, the, next, the next, the last page here. It's in Yeradeh Simen Reishnaz Ayin Sif Tes. Lo yitein adam kaltzid kaisav la'ani echad bilvad. There's an issue. You're not allowed to give all your Tzedakah to one ani alone. Okay, so this comes from a Gemara in, this comes from a Gemara in Erevin that's talking about a Kayin giving all your truma, 
and your matnas kahuna to one kain. Uh, and it says that David HaMelech had his favorite kain. It was Irahayo Iri. Irahayo Iri was a kain, and he was also his rebbe. He was David HaMelech's rebbe. And David HaMelech gave all his meiser and truma, which I imagine were considerable. He was a king. And he gave them all to Irahayo Iri. And Imar makes a drasha that he was, he was a kain David, by Hirav Ba'aretz. Giving all your meiser money, all your tzedakah to one person causes a hunger to come to the world. Now the shach, though, writes as follows, and this is important. The shach says... Or to one relative and to leave other relatives. Now the mashumayis of the shach is that this problem of giving all of it to one person is only when everybody's on equal footing. One karev, and you're giving him precedence over all other kraven. But what about a karev to the next level? Sounds like from the shach that no, that's fine. Then, then on, on the contrary, you give all your money to one. And that's Rav Moshe's Medayik in the Shach as well. I'm not going to see his Rav Moshe inside. But Rav Moshe's Shiloh was a funny Shiloh. Shiloh was that there were two brothers um, that uh, their a third, uh, they had a, their third, the third brother was young, a bachar. Their parents weren't alive anymore. And the third brother was about to get, was going to get married. In, uh, I mean, he was young, so he was going to get married in a year or two. And these two brothers wanted to be able to support their brother in learning. Because he had a lot of Christian, he wanted. They knew he wanted to learn. The father, parents weren't alive. Nobody else would be able to support them. So they wanted to know: Can they start collecting their tzedakah money already from now, two or three years before he's even going to get married? Can they start putting away all their tzedakah money in a fund that'll be there, that together it'll be fifty, sixty thousand dollars, and then they'll be able to build on that, and they'll be able to keep up uh, to support him in learning for the next couple of years, and not going to give a dime tzedakah to anybody else. That was their shaila. So they they thought that their Shiloh was, can they start doing it in advance? He's not even an Ani yet. But he's going to be an Ani. So they, are they allowed to do it in advance of a need that they, you know that this person is going to have? So Ramesh addresses that. But then he addresses this concept of just giving all your tzedakah money to one person. And he says, uh, he says that it's not the right thing to do. And he says it causes a chil Hashem. If you give all your tzedakah money to one, then he, he goes to these marmukhaim, he says, the asr is a mutter, he's matcha the shach, he's matcha the lashon of the the Tanabel Yahweh, Im Heiser, he says, Vim Heiser doesn't mean if there's anything left. Vim Heiser means you have to give a certain decent Nadava to the person who is your Karav. And if after the decent Nadava there's something left, then you give. He says, He's Machol, he's Shyness. And he learns that, uh, he says that this is it's the wrong thing to do. He says, if you give it, if you do, you do that, you would cause a Chalash. I'm going to show you his language. It's all the way at the end of this Rab Maisha. Uh, we'll finish with this, this last, the last three lines of the Rab Maisha. Aval imnema it's like we have three dots over there. Aval afim nemekashach ain't lifter asam and mikal tzedakis. Don't patch yourself from all other tzedakis. Shiba zechil Hashem. El kozechil Hashem. Shem neyadam lo yemru shenayusin lekreve. People won't think you're giving it to your brother. Al yemru shenchayish lemis tzedakis. Guys, they don't give tzedakah. Achzakas tyra and they don't give to tyra either. I was mentioning that it's a separate. Inyan in tzedakah, being masik yeshivas, v'gam yigru mu, and it also caused shacherim layitnu. Right, they're making an appeal, they're going around, everybody in the shul is giving, and you're not going to give anything. L'chein yaser shachila gadol yafrishu avarachem. They could put a larger part for their brother, but chelik tzedakah yitnu l'shar tzedakah. They should save for other tzedakahs as well as v'achzakas yeshivas and to be masik yeshivas. Ubezayi kaima mitzkahaygin mikidushem shemayim. So it's another, it's another perspective. It's an important perspective as well that you have to be able to be given. 
give to those people that come to your door. The people who come to your door are on the, the assumption that you have money. It's a chil Hashem if you constantly refuse them. So that, this, uh, to summarize, we uh, are just like broaching the Indian, giving a little bit of an idea, but it's a little bit vague, as you see, it's hard to be exact. But what we saw is that there is a, a seder of giving tzedakah, and the seder of giving tzedakah begins with yourself. And whenever you, you don't give tzedakah, the pshat is you're keeping tzedakah money for yourself. And the, it seems like the way to do it is that the majority goes to level one, so it's yourself, and then for your children, and then your kravim, and so on and so forth, your family, your community. And then after the majority, so it's 50, 60%, 55%, then the rest needs to be saved for other places, because otherwise those places will, uh, will have nothing to support themselves with. Okay, shkayach.